Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinson. I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon-to-be demon. How are you doing today, sir? Um, you know, I'm well. I'm a little sick. Yeah. Hope my voice doesn't sound too too off. But, but I'm doing okay. I'll just edit around it. You going to make it sound better? Yeah. Sweet. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'll distort your voice and just put a black box over your face. <laughs> <laughs> that'll fix it. That'll, that'll take care of yeah. everything. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Always looking out for me. Uh, today we're talking about um, uh, school. We are. Yeah. That's going to be a whole time. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff to yep. cover. Yeah. Uh, go to Patreon, $5. Like, subscribe. Uh, emphasis on that one. Comment, share, follow, download. Uh Facebook and Instagram is when I heard this podcast and X and locals is when I heard this. Uh, yeah. School. We went to school. We did. Yeah. I went to all of the schools. <laughs> every one of them. Yeah. Every single school. Sweet. I, I went can't to, wait to hear. I went to church preschool and then homeschool uh-huh. and then Baptist school uh-huh. and then homeschool mm-hmm. and then back to Baptist school uh-huh. and then to different Baptist school, then to public middle school, then public high school, then public college. So yeah, you did. You yeah. went to a lot of different schools, my man. Lifetime of this discussion. Here we go. <laughs> okay. So I didn't know how to start this. Okay. This off. Uh-huh. very well because i didn't want to ask you like what is school so <laughs> well, i appreciate that not yeah. being the first question <laughs> so okay so we're talking about how how christians what what the deal is with them with school okay so uh christians hate public school <laughs> okay. obviously right sure yeah okay except for the fact that it's free free right. um uh but yeah so the Christians basically believe that that public school has gone downhill since it started for a variety of reasons. Uh-huh. What is the history of that and what are the reasons? Okay. Well, so first of all, like Christians aren't the only ones that are not happy with public schools in their present uh form. Yeah, but so. Christians started it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so but i do think that there's an issue with just people not loving the philosophy of education that's found in public schools and listen i i was i mean i went to public school my whole like up through high school so okay. i'm a product of public schools mm-hmm. so um but i think especially now where there's just schools and class sizes have gotten so big I think it's become really difficult and really hard to 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 teach critical thinking and those kind of things within public schools because mm-hmm. I think so often teachers are just trying to manage classroom sizes. So, okay, I'm not saying that across the board. I'm just saying I think that's that's it. So I think some people have problems, I guess, with public school because they feel like they're just kind of giving kind of rote memorization to kids, mm-hmm. memorize it. And then kids are really never taught to critically think for themselves. Right. And then they get to college and they're inundated with all this crazy stuff and they don't know how to think through it. The crazy stuff is why we're here. It, it is why we're here. Because so. the crazy stuff always starts 
in academia at like university yeah. levels yeah. and comes down. Right. So to all of us morons <laughs> that are in that are in school yeah. public schools. Right. Yeah. So all right, but you asked about the Christian specifically, so I'll deal with that. Um so you know, public schools actually began around like the like the earliest public schools, sixteen thirties. It actually was uh by the Puritans. Okay. So public school actually has their heritage in Christianity. But the Puritans, that would have been a Christian school, basically. Sure. Publicly available to only Christians. <laughs> okay. Well, and so, but that's where it started. Okay. And then, the, I, and then so then public schools kind of started popping up other places. So then what happened? <laughs> so, um, you know, and so by 1918, all American children are required to attend at least elementary school. Okay. All right. And it's free public schools. Okay. You have to at least attend through elementary school. And and even through like all of this, well, this whole time, there's still been a fairly strong Judeo-Christian influence in the school system. Mm-hmm. And so allowing for times of prayer, allowing for scriptures to be read, even Bible classes being available in schools was mm-hmm. in public schools was pretty norm. Um and and it and I can I can you know from being from the South I can at least testify to that from the South that was all pretty norm and then around the 1960s is when things started to shift and change okay. and so it's 1962 1963 you've got prayer being removed from schools you have um, Bible scripture readings being removed from schools and so they actually used to like over the intercom. Like it was very normal over the intercom for the principal or someone to read a passage of scripture and then for everyone to pray the Lord's prayer together. Okay. And, and then sometimes after that, there, the teacher may even go further with her own Bible lesson. Um, and so, and again, that's testimonies of people I've talked to from around the South. So that it may look different in other areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that was norm. But again, in 62, 63, all of that began being pushed out. And and that's, I guess, when you began to have Christians starting to starting to have issues with it. Um, and then through the 19, like late 1980s and into the 1990s, evolution, there was a, a court case. And basically what happened was evolution no longer had to be taught side by side with uh, what they called or termed creation science. Okay. And so now evolution could be taught as the theory. Oh, that that was a court case that happened. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it actually, so it, it so at one point, I think it was Louisiana, and I could be wrong on that, had it where you had to teach both, mm-hmm. it, but then it like, got overthrown in the Supreme Court level. Okay. And so... Then public schools began at that point to be free to teach just evolution if they so chose. Okay. And then that's eventually kind of cult momentum um, and creation science. Again, that's what it was termed was a- again, eventually kind of just dropped off um, from the curriculum. And now, you know, in the present day we're in, you've got discussions on gender and sex and 
queer theory and critical race theory within schools. And I think that's kind of caused everything within Christians, um, you know, Christians with kids in schools that these are the things that are probably the present day issues that are concerning to parents. Okay. Yeah. So a brief sketch, kind of crude, but brief yeah. sketch. Why is it important that Christians have prayer in public schools? You know, who cares? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I actually understand this one. Like when you talk about prayer and I know when I was in school, I don't know what your, your experience was when I was in school, there wasn't, they didn't call it prayer anymore. They called it um, moment of silence. Moment of silence. Yeah. Yes. So we had a moment of silence. Um, and that was kind of, I guess, maybe a, um, a way around that. Yeah. Um, but that was the way it was for me when I was in school. I had a moment of silence. And I think that's actually pretty cool um, in the sense of like, all right, we're going to take a moment of silence. You want to pray? You pray. You want to meditate? You want to me- meditate? You want to do nothing? Do nothing? Whatever. And I, and I, and I don't mind I that. Mean, the only thing you can't do is make noise. Right, you just gotta be quiet. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I like I don't mind that. Um and I understand that especially Christians look back at when prayer was taken out of school as like this shift in our country mm-hmm. and that everything started going downhill from that point is what a lot of Christians would actually say. And I and I don't think it's as simple as that. Okay. I think that at large there was a shift during that time frame of our country moving from having a Judeo-Christian worldview and kind of moving out of that to a more modern worldview. So you think that the prayer in public schools was a a uh, a symptom and not the disease? Yeah, I do. I do. Or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. like if we're going to gather people up and, and it's offered for free public school prayer, right? Or, or it's offered, public mm. schools offered for free for any individual that wants to come. I don't think that they should be forced to pray to a God they don't worship. Yeah. And I don't think they should be forced to have to listen to just Bible. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to, like if scriptures were going to be read to be fair, I think you're going to have to go, all right, well, today we're going to read from the Bible. Tomorrow we're going to read from the Quran, right? Uh, Wednesday, we're going to read from mm-hmm. the Book of Mormon and keep going. And I, th- and you know, uh, you know, day four, we're going to choose one of the sacred texts for the Hindus and read it. And, you know, day five, we're going to use a Wiccan book. And like, I just like, where does it stop? And we and- spent all day today just moment of silencing with all the religions <laughs> and uh never got out of that that's all we did and <laughs> i don't have any homework <laughs> and so and so i do understand why they why prayer and why reading of scripture was taken out of schools okay so now i also realize by me saying this that there's going to be a lot of people not happy with me that i'm saying this and i just but i but, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of Satanists <laughs> giving me two thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. And and so and because I shout out. <laughs> shout out to all yeah. those Satanists who are following we're, us. We're, 
Thanks for subscribing, yeah. guys. Um, and so I think that. <laughs> oh Lord. Um, so I think that I think that what is so when it's school in when it's school forced, I I agree that that shouldn't be forced. Okay, mm-hmm. but I don't. But I don't agree with the extreme side that says we need to have every government space, which they would include schools in that, be free from religion. Okay. And we've talked about this before. I think we did our separation of church and state. And and so I'm not going to get all into it again. But just the idea of there's one thing to have freedom of religion, which I think not, not forcing people to pray to a God they don't worship, not forcing them to hear scriptures. I I think that's honoring a freedom of religion. Okay. okay? What I don't think should be found is a freedom from, from religion, where you can't have religious discussions or religious groups that meet in public schools. So, so you're, you're talking about after school Bible club or something? Yeah, after school Bible club or even conversations in school. Or like elective Bible classes. Like, yeah, sure. Why okay. not? You know, but you better also offer yeah. elective, you know, uh, Quran classes, <laughs> right? I mean, like, would you like to take Christianity or Wicked? <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Think about mean, this all day. Well, it's like you know, like, or I have like a. I know I, I, in college I took a comparative religion class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty standard. A lot of you know people take comparative religion classes. Have that in the schools. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, and so I don't think any of that's wrong per se. And I don't think that students should be squelched from being able to have conversations about religion mm. or they shouldn't like, they should be able to put up posters. Hey, we're, our club is meeting after school, right? Any group can do that of yeah. any religion, not just Christians, like any group of any religion. And I think that you have to honor that. Um, and so I, that's where I'm saying, I don't, I do understand the freedom of religion. We don't want to have anything forced upon, Okay. but I don't want there to be a freedom from religion where somehow religion becomes this taboo topic that can't be talked about. Okay. Right. Um, I think that's to me like, and especially as kids are getting, like as they get older and they're in their high school years, like my oldest son right now is, uh, a freshman in high school. And if, the, if he was in a class and they were having an open discussion about religions. Mm. That wouldn't bother me one bit at all. He's he's fully capable to be able to critically think through all that. Okay. To ask questions, to learn more information, to see different perspectives and viewpoints. And so I think all of that actually could be really healthy. And because I think instead we've created this culture of like we don't even know how to dialogue about different religions together without me, without people just losing their minds mm-hmm. and being upset, what if we learned that early on? What if they learned that at 15, 16? You know, they learn how to talk to people of different religions in an honoring and respectful way. And so, you know, I think it could actually be healthy. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that the religions agree on even. Sure. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's some fundamental moral morality in particular yeah. that, yeah, that's found that they well, do most agree of on. Them. Not yeah, some of the not ones. not all of them, obviously, yeah. and and yeah, and you're not going to get, and they don't all obviously gel together, right? Yeah. I mean, 
you know, Christianity, Islam, Judaism are all, you know, exclusive religions mm-hmm. um, in the sense that they believe that they have an exclusive truth claim. Um, so they don't all agree with each other, obviously. But again, I think that's part of the beauty of being able to have a dialogue and a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think if we were able to help teach our kids how to do that early enough, they wouldn't they they would know how to handle those discussions later on without having to become angry, defensive, or in particular attacking of another person, you know, on a personal level as opposed to just engaging in the conversation. Evolution. That was the next point that you okay. brought up in the first question. Uh-huh. What just just when your kid gets home after evolution day, <laughs> tell them that was wrong. Right. And show them Genesis and be like, this is the real one. Right. Just answer the questions on the test so you get an A and yeah. then believe this. Like, right. don't get it. Right. Yeah, I think, and I think with the evolution one in particular, again, if the teachers want to teach a theory of evolution, like, go for it. Okay? I think they need to teach it though as theory. Like, in other words, this is a possibility. Yeah, but does it matter that they do that? Does that really matter? I, th- I think if, I think if you're going to teach evolution, and you have multiple religions who disagree with that, by the way, this is not just a Christian issue. Yeah. If if you're going to teach evolution, then I think you need to do it in such a manner that says we believe this is possible. And and here's what I'm getting to with this, because if the or if you're going to if you're going to make kids take a test over evolution, mm-hmm. right? It, have them be able to write out, well, what are your thoughts on evolution? Agree or disagree? What are the points that you find convincing? What are the points I, you I don't remember, find convincing? I remember hearing somebody, it was like a maybe a pastor, go through like questions, uh-huh. and they're like, this question just assumes you believe in evolution. It's like, well, yeah. Like... <laughs> What what are you right. talking about? Right. Yeah, this this gravity question assumes yes. that I'm able to press down on a piece of paper and answer the Gravi- questions on the test. Right. Like yeah. Like just anyway. Yeah, but I think gravity, we all agree gravity. Sure. <laughs> we don't all agree evolution. <laughs> and I and I think that's what I'm getting to though. This is what I was saying up from the very top. I don't understand why we can't give space for critical thinking in in our uh, in when we're teaching this stuff. Cuz most of the times you're not hearing about evolution until you get and, and like into the weeds of it mm-hmm. until you're in high school. Right. And you're taking science classes there. So again, presented as a theory, here's the things that cause us to believe it to be true. Engage with it. But discuss it. My okay, so my my question is though, like if you're right, you're okay, you're right. Okay. Like like that would be the more appropriate way sure. to to discuss it. Sure. But Christians didn't send their kids to public school because of that. Right. Instead of sending their kids to public school and when they got home just saying, Hey, that's wrong. Right, sure. Like why that yeah, and, and and you're right. That could that could you could absolutely do that. Uh, don't, yeah. I don't get it. So yeah. what was what what was that like? Like if <laughs> well, that that was a whole thing yeah, in the because, '90s. Be, yeah, about well, public because school. I think because of the shift that was happening in the '90s, what it came across as 
was not just that we're going to teach evolution in lieu of creation science. We're actually going to attack creation science as well. Okay. I think that became the issue for the, for parents. Was at that, that actually point. happening? Yes, in some in some sense, yes, it was. Okay, and and so you you had, and I'm not saying again, I'm not saying across the board sweeping truth. Okay, but yes, there were the, hey, we're going to teach this. If you believe in creation, that's stupid. Okay, here's actual science. Okay, yeah, honey, you're not stupid. <laughs> and so I think. <laughs> That was the the feel of it was not just that creation science wasn't being taught alongside evolution anymore because evolution had been taught. Like, I don't want to come across like evolution had not been taught at this point. Okay. They'd just been being, they'd been taught together. Okay. Creation science was now being removed. And so now it, it kind of gave the, it gave the freedom for professors or teachers, excuse me, to be able to say, no, that you know, not only are we going to teach evolution, we're going to tell kids that their religion, religion is wrong. wrong. And I think that's where it crosses the line. Okay, yeah, I, you know, for any religion, right? Not just Christianity, but for any religion, for for a teacher to sit there and say your religion is wrong, mm-hmm. I think that's problematic. Okay, so I don't think that's the space or the sphere for it in science class. In science class. Or especially in that situation where you have an you have an adult authority figure mm-hmm. telling a kid your religion's garbage or whatever, and on on, on any basis, I, I think rather we and again because then that's that's teaching kids again to just reject at hand something without being willing reject to reject what conversations. their parents are teaching them at home. Yeah. Okay. So, or you know, they don't reject what their parents are teaching at home, feel like they have to kind of, I mean, you're, you know, you were 14, 15, 16, you know, sometimes kids at that age feel like they have to just go along with what the professor says or their teacher says to make sure they get a good enough grade. Right. And I mean, most kids at that point on time don't even like, doesn't even consider, you know, engaging back with their teacher and disagreeing. But there's also kids that don't care about getting good grades. And that's true too. And they can just give a flip about mm-hmm. it. Yep, no, that's very true too. Mm-hmm. Yep, fact. So, <laughs> when were the Neanderthals? The Bible. <laughs> F you. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Who I, cares? I, I don't. I don't. The next thing that you brought up was, uh, s- uh, 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 sexy, gendery, race stuff. Uh huh. Okay. So what is wrong okay. with teachers talking to my child about who they want to sleep with? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, is, is that a good way of asking I, that I, question? I guess that's a good way of asking the question. Um, <laughs> okay. Again, wrong with that? again, with this one, like evolution. Okay. Okay. So they go to school. Right. They learn about correct terms homosexuality uh-huh uh t- transgenderality and all the other ones okay J- when they get home just tell them that's wrong right okay i think <laughs> <laughs> like i don't get it 
Yeah, I, I guess the, the question is, for taxpayers, okay, what are we what are we actually sending our kids to school for? Okay, I want them to learn math, mm-hmm. right? I want them to learn history. Okay, okay, and we're gonna get to the race stuff with history in a little bit. Okay, because right. I think that's, we have to discuss that. And so you learn how to to, to read and to write and to you know. And you learn about science and everything else. And, I, and so my point is being is what we're not sending kids to school for is to be, is to receive an ideology. Okay. Okay. So the same way that I'm saying that we shouldn't push prayer and we shouldn't push Bible readings on kids. Okay. Okay. But we should offer it. You can offer it. So you can offer, come learn about who you sure. want to have sex with. Well, okay. if, if, and I would say there's age appropriate levels for all of this. Okay. Right. So if I'm in high, if I'm in high school Mm -hmm. and, and the high school is offering an elective on gender studies, right. Okay. Okay. Now we can discuss, is that the best use of resources and time for a high school student? But if you're offering that, okay, you're offering that. Kids, if kids want to go to that, if that cool. had been in high school, I would have taken it. You'd have taken it. Oh, you'd, yeah. have, you'd have been there. I'd have been there uh, every day. I know. I'd, I'd be giving <laughs> the teacher apples and. <laughs> yeah, you'd also been a pain this in is, their neck. This is a Steve's apple. <laughs> I would have been so annoying in that yeah, class. I was going to say they would have asked questions you. the whole time. Yeah, they would have absolutely. <laughs> hated That'd have been so you. much fun. Oh. oh. Man, yeah. I missed out. You did. Born too young. <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah, you're old. <laughs> so I think if you're gonna offer a I think if you're gonna offer things, sure, offer things as electives. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I but here's in in kind of getting into some real talk here, like especially like elementary, middle school level, there's not need to be discussions on on sexuality, on gender, on you know, because these are, I mean, these are, these are big issues, you know? Um, and so I think that there's, you know, when we're talking about same sex attraction and gender dysphoria and all those kind of things, like these are big, these are big topics and big issues that I don't think that teachers should be bringing up in, in, in their classrooms with elementary age kids or with middle school age kids. What, uh, why is this? This feels more offensive to Christians than even evolution seemed when I was growing up. Oh, 100%. Why? 100%. What's the, what's the difference? Because I think at the at the core of this, at the at the core of it is the and a, and a what seems to be an agenda, not seems. There is an agenda. Let's call it for, I'm going to call it for what I see it as. Okay. An agenda to sexualize our kids. Okay. An agenda to cause our kids to question their very identities at an age where they're not actually cognitively able to do that. Okay. So like, so with my background in but, child and family development, and I'm talking about the, the cognitive developments of kids, mm-hmm. kids are not able to even have those conversations. They're not able to cognitively wrap their heads around it. 
And so I think that that becomes the issue for me. Now, in there's a space and a time where we where you know same sex attraction questions on gender need to be had. So I'm not discounting it, but I'm just saying I don't think the public school system is the arena, the sphere for that. Okay. Yeah. Just like it's not the arena or sphere for prayer to be pushed down on people or okay. scripture to be. Yeah. I just think we have to like what what is the purpose of school? So if this if all of this stuff was a elective class in high school, you'd be fine with that. If it was all an elective, and you'd it, send your kids to public school. Yeah. If 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 kid if if this was an elective class. Okay, and I'm going to be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Would I be jumping up and down, thrilled about it? No. Okay. Okay. However, I'd rather it be in an elective class like that than just than being a topic of discussion in their math class. Okay. Where, 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 I mean, and and I think that to be fair, you've. And I, and I do think this is the the problem with with doing this kind of stuff, is it's hard to have objective or not. It's hard to have that conversation with just one teacher who's coming at it from one way, with one lens. In other words, what I'm saying is, if you're gonna have a gender studies class, yeah, you'd need teachers from every gender. You would otherwise need- you're not getting the full experience of the class. <laughs> And you would need teachers with different perspectives. Yes. To offer the different. Because it's all about perspective. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, I I don't know. I think I I would say that I think that most of these conversations should be happening with families and parents at home. And I get the argument that not all parents are having these conversations with their kids. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, like I'm not living in a bubble. I, I, I understand that. And so, but I just don't think that again. Early on, it's not healthy. By high school, especially by the time kids, excuse me, are 16, 17, 18 years old, those last couple of years, like I, I would love. If actually there was a class on, hey, let's talk about this is going to be a class on intersectionality. Okay. Which is going to include all the things we're talking about. Okay. Okay. We're going to have a class on intersectionality. It's going to talk about gender. It's going to talk about sex. It's going to talk about race. It's going to talk about religion, so on and so forth. We're going to have a class on this, and you're going to get to hear from various teachers Mm -hmm. their perspectives on this. And then we're going to have discussions. I mean, that sounds like college. Yes. It actually will prepare them to go to college Mm -hmm. where they will go into a gender studies class, but they won't have multiple teachers teaching that class. Mm -hmm. You're going to have one teacher that's going to be teaching that class from one perspective. Well, wouldn't it have been healthier if you already had a framework of what they're going to be teaching, but already been exposed to various levels or various perspectives on that topic. Since elementary school. <laughs> Since high school, yeah. Nate. And, uh, you know, like, I, I think we've just, we're just missing just the basic fundamental stages of development for kids. Okay. Like, in elementary school, we're just wanting to give them facts. And, and a lot of it is memorization 
you know, like to under to understand, you know, all right, well, what state do you live in? Where's the capital? How many states are there in America? Like that so, kind of basic stuff. Learning how to read, learning how to write, learning how to spell, vocabulary. Yeah. There's what's called in classical education, it's called the grammar stage mm-hmm. to teach that. Then you move them to logic and they begin to learn logic. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the way a syllogism is formed. This is the way that I can go from premise A to premise B to a conclusion. This is the how I discover fallacies within the world of syllogisms. And so... Hmm. all. <laughs> teaching kids how to logically think and then by the time they get to high school you know especially in that 10th 11th 12th grade years then now we're not just learning how to think logically but we're running we're learning how to discuss logically write logically and and so you're not just learning how to just break down a syllogism or form a syllogism, you're learning to hear from other people giving a logical argument and then be able to interact and discuss in that way. And I think that's what we're missing from high schools Mm -hmm. because now there's no critical thinking hardly ever taught. That should be a class. Learn how to critically think. Mm -hmm. Learn how to do logic on a, you know, just learn how to do basic formal logic, you know, uh, learn how to do material logic, like to learn these things. And and then by the time you get, if kids go to school, if they go to, if they go to universities, they go to colleges, they're already prepared to engage in the discussions that are going to be had on campus. And I think, unfortunately, we've got a lot of kids going to colleges, hearing things, not knowing how to critically engage with it. And therefore, they just take things just at face value mm. or reject it at face value. For whatever reason, and I instead of going, okay, well, what's true there? What's not true there, right? And so I, I've that's my I guess my broader issue. Okay, and, well, I hear you. Yeah, but what I think is that you're just afraid that your kid is gay. So what do you think about that? Why would I be? <laughs> afraid that my kid's gay and what would that have you to just went on a whole big old long thing about your kid trying to be smart and critically think and whatever right. but i think okay that you're just afraid that your kid's gay that's uh, just not true at all and i think you're afraid that the teacher is going to be like hey you might be gay right and the kid's going to be like yeah i might be gay and then he's going to tell you that he's gay and you're not going to like that he's gay and then you're going to kick him out of your house for being gay <laughs> what that's wow <laughs> It's a house of cards of assumptions. So what do you say to that? Uh, say false. <laughs> All of it. Okay. Um, no, I like, and I, and I think this is probably the broader issue for me. It's like, I think that's the, the quote unquote concern is, is that's what's said about Christians. Well, you're just afraid. Yeah. You're just afraid. No, it's not that I'm afraid. It's that I don't recall, care regardless of religion. I don't care regardless of what you believe. I think there's just proper things that should be taught at a proper age okay. by the right people Okay, at the right time. That's all I'm saying. So you're, what you're saying is that public school are, are in this area are probably not the right people teaching your children at the right time. Yes. 
Okay. Not this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And right. yeah, if there, if if this was an elective class in high school, I'm more open to it mm -hmm. than if it's and if it's taught by multiple teachers from different perspectives. I'm more open to it than I am. It, in it, math. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like and 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 I think Sally has four genders. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like, I like. There's even. <sighs> Like there's even now a movement within within mathematics that's labeling it oppressive because it gives right and wrong answers. Right. <laughs> and so this is kind of the extreme version of of critical theory, which all the other theories are under. So when we talk about queer theory or gender, you know, studies or you know, critical race theory, it's all under the umbrella of critical theory. And critical theory is taking Critical theory takes the world and divides the world up into oppressors and oppressed. Mm -hmm. And and so you've got that. Those are the two groups. And so if math and, and so what I'm getting to with this is in. So with these two groups, you're either an oppressor or you're an oppressed based upon your race, your sex, your religion, your gender, how you identify yourself within these spheres. Or what answer you got from okay. number five. <laughs> yeah. And what they're saying is about math is, well, that math is simply was created by the oppressed with clear, distinctive right and wrong answers, or by the oppressor, excuse me, with right and wrong answers, and therefore needs to kind of be rejected at hand. Um, and so it's, it's, that's like, again, extreme part of this, but critical theory. And I think that's where most people don't understand kind of what's happened in all of this. So critical theory is trying to reduce people into these two groups. Like you're either this or you're this. And, it's, and it's, again, I brought up earlier, it's an attack on identity on who you are. And if I'm reducing identity down to just, you know, I'm the color of my skin, or the gender that I identify as, or if I am male or female, if I'm cisgender or non-binary, and you know, like if if this is how I'm being like reducing my identity down to these basic fundamental things, like that's terrible. Like you're so much more than that. You're so much more complex than that. And I think that behind No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you're just it's a simple yeah. I know. I mean, but you know, you're so you're, boring. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's just because you're an oppressor. You don't know any better. And oh, I so, am? yeah. Oh, sick. oh yeah. You're the, <laughs> yeah, man. You're white. Oh yeah, I you're, forgot. You're white. You forgot. You're white. <laughs> you're white. You're a male. You're a Christian. You're college educated. Oh no. Yeah, you're cisgender. Oh man. Yeah, you're straight. Oh, I'm so straight too. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, such an oppressor. Oh. Oh, cool. <laughs> I got to live my identity yeah. and my truth. That's right. It's your truth. It's going to be the best oppressor I can be. <laughs> God, people are going to hate you. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and, and so, but from that, from that, then the, the goal is in these two categories of oppressor or oppressed, then the goal from that point is to say, all right, those of us who are oppressors, you and I, mm -hmm. both fully oppressors, high five on that. We're Hit the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're both fully oppressors. And so 
In light of that, what we need to do is become awakened. So the idea of, like, you've heard the word woke, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just the slang term for, like. Oh, that's what that means? Yeah. It's like, I'm becoming, I'm becoming, yeah, exactly. I get it now. You just had an awakening moment, (laughs) didn't you? And so to become awakened to the fact that you're an oppressor. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that was me realizing it. That right there. Oh. You had a moment of being woke. That's awesome. (laughs) That's what everyone's talking about. That's what everybody's talking about. So now you're woke. Wow. Brave new world. (laughs) (laughs) The future looks so something. (laughs) Probably terrible now. But anyway, you know, so you've been awakened to the reality that you're an oppressor. So now under that reality, now you can become an ally to the oppressed. But to be very clear, you do not have a voice. You cannot speak on behalf of them even mm-hmm. because only those that have that lived experience have the authority and the voice to speak. So you can be an ally by showing your support to them, by denouncing your oppressorhood, by confessing you're a racist and a sexist, okay? And okay. and so, and that you've been an oppressor, okay? Future's not looking too good. See, I told you. Mm-hmm. And so you you become an ally with them. Why can't they do the same thing? Do what? They're never going to understand what it's like to be an oppressor. <laughs> no, well, actually. They're never going to understand uh, well, but the day-to-day goings-ons of an oppressor. <laughs> oppressor and how and easy how, it is. How, I don't know. Hard. Uh, is it tough? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So for the last minute and a half that I knew about it. <laughs> and so. You've and so, only said negative things about me since then. <laughs> It's an oppressor. It's been pretty bad. (laughs) I'm beginning to not feel like an oppressor. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Good. Good. That's actually good. I'm feeling kind of oppressed. (laughs) Okay. You're starting to be able to identify with them. Did we just figure out the whole thing? Yeah. This is why people don't want to send their kids to public school? (laughs) Pretty much. Episode done. Pretty (laughs) (laughs) Time to go be oppressed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so wow but then the end but then I feel like the, i've cocooned <laughs> or uncocooned uncocooned yeah. you come out yeah 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 you're like, you've you've yeah. gone through the chrysalis process right. and now awesome. you're a, you're, a, you're a i don't know what that means because i've never critical theory before <laughs> you're a beautiful butterfly yeah okay and so thank you <laughs> Now, the first nice thing. Am I've, I the I've same gender <laughs> now as when I went in? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. We'll do we'll do some self discovery okay. in a little bit. Cool. So, all right. <laughs> but, so this has been a fun episode. <laughs> you know what we're talking about anymore. All right. So I don't either. All right, but all right. To conclude my thoughts on critical right, theory. Critical theory. Here we go. All right. And so and so you. <laughs> And so you you become an ally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the the ultimate goal is is so you so you engage and as an ally, you're pushing for social justice, mm-hmm. okay? And so and then the end part is that justice actually has been served, okay? <clears throat> but the unfortunate end part is that inevitably the goal has to become that the oppressed become the oppressor, and then the whole cycle starts over again. Oh, because it's like the circle of 
Right. Because woke. it's not actually fighting for equal rights. Because there are no equal rights. It's actually demanding that one group becomes less than the other. So it's actually asking for one group to step down from being the oppressor. Mm -hmm. But inevitably, the oppressed flip that role eventually. Well, and what, that's what, the logical outcome of it. The smart thing to do is for the oppressors to to switch sides right as they get even <laughs> and then go back up with the other people. <laughs> but, you know you, I mean? but you can't. You could try. I mean, I guess if you, you would have to, you'd have to start identifying in a lot of different ways, though. Oh, yeah. But you being a white male is going to be really tough for you to overcome that. Oh, yeah, that part. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. So. So this is why. Okay. So all of the things that you just brought up with critical theory uh -huh. and criti critical the other gender stuff. Right. All of that stuff. Like you just went on for a long time about it. I know I was interrupting. <laughs> but. Yeah. But. You seem pretty fired up, uh, yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah. So this is like this is this is actually what's behind all the things we're talking about. Uh, all of it. Yeah, all of the gender, all of the, all of the sex like even the take prayer out of school stuff. No, okay. not 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 that stuff, but the present day stuff. Okay. that we're seeing with the, with the with the questioning of genders and sex mm -hmm. and sexuality and those kind of things. Th this is critical theory is what's behind all of this. So critical theory has been going on since following the civil rights movement. Yeah. And it started in a legal way, but now it is in it's, but it's eventually, and I won't go through the whole history of it, found itself in academia. Uh -huh. And this is what's being taught in academia. And it, now it has begun to trickle down into our public schools. Mm -hmm. And so for me, Critical theory is the biggest issue I've got with public schools right now. Because okay. critical theory is being is, put Do you in think place. most Christians feel that way? I don't think most Christians have the language I'm using. You mean know that what they're talking mad about, about is critical, is critical theory. theory? Correct. Okay. I don't think they have a clue. But but this is the stuff that they're mad about. This is the stuff they're upset about. Okay. Yes. Like these are the driving, you know, these are the driving topics, if you were. Okay. For Christians being upset, like quit pushing this kind of stuff, which seems very upside down. And what I don't and what I don't love about critical theory either is you're immediately labeled in a group. Mm -hmm. OK, because, again, based on the color of your skin or your sex or the gender you identify as or whatever. And so you're immediately thrown into a group. OK. OK. And so now <laughs> we're having these group conversations Instead of individuals taking responsibility for their own lives or, or you being labeled as something that maybe you're not like. So, for example. You know, it would be like it would be like, all right, so critical race theory, one of the basic tenets of critical race theory is that every white person is a racist. OK, it's one of the yep. you know four fundamental tenets of critical race theory mm -hmm. is that every white person is a racist whether consciously or unconsciously they're a racist okay and so and that's the way that's what it's labeled as in a group setting not giving individuals any ability to say well you know what i know there's racism out there i know it exists mm -hmm. but i'm not racist 
but I would love to champion alongside of those who, who <clears throat> excuse me, who have been um, hurt by racism. I would love to champion with those who want to see racism, you know, uh, just removed from our society. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm for that. But the problem with critical race theory, it doesn't give individuals the opportunity to engage in those kind of ways because you're just labeled a racist based on the color of your skin, right? And minorities are not seen as racist. And the reality is there's racism among minorities too. I know that sounds real rich for me as a white person to say that. Yeah, racist. I know. Now I'm coming off as racist. Wow. I know. But like, so some of my closest friends who are black would agree with me on this. And they would say, no, there's race. It goes both ways. And so, and, and you know, and, and then automatically, because you're white, you have white privilege. That's a fundamental tenet, right? Not only are you racist, but you have privilege. <clears throat> well, I know a lot of white people that do not have privilege. And so I think that, I think this, the issue becomes again, if you're going to, if you're going to, and what I would call indoctrinate our kids into critical theory, you're doing so, I think in a really unhealthy way of viewing people and viewing individuals and you're labeling them before you even know them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so the idea of, of MLK saying, you know, you're not going to be judged by the color of your skin but by the content of your character, like that's just been thrown aside. That doesn't even matter anymore. And so I think that's part of the, that is, that is the issue that I have with all of the stuff being pushed into the public school system is because it just seems like critical theory is taking over. Into every subject. Into every subject. Correct. In everything that goes on there. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Because, so, so- because even, you can't even discuss literature anymore. Without these things being at play. Right. So yeah. evolution was like, just come home that day and we'll tell you it's wrong. Mm-hmm. But this stuff is, the whole school is, and it is into every subject and yeah. everything that they do. Now, listen, I'll be real clear. I'm not saying every teacher buys into this ideology. Right. Okay. Like my wife, like, like make sure we're clear on this. Like my wife was a public school t- teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so. Racist. <laughs> Well, she was white, you know, so, but I, and so I, I want to make sure that I'm not saying every teacher is bought into this, that every teacher, I'm not saying every teacher buys into this at all. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. All I am saying though, is it is making its way into the school systems. I mean, whole cities and states now are adopting curriculum that is completely based in critical theory mm-hmm. and that, and that's coming into their schools and it's and, and largely again, it's because if this is what you're exposed to in your undergrad level of your this is what you're exposed to in your undergrad level of learning at college or university, or maybe you you've gone to get in your master's in whatever field of education you have, and so therefore maybe you're exposed to it there, then if that's what you've kind of been exposed to and you believe it, then it's gonna eventually trickle down into the public schools. And that's what it's, that's what's happened. Mm. It's been in the academy and the university level a lot longer than it has been in the public school level. It's just kind of finally made its way down there. And I think it's become, and then given social media's presence, it's just become commonplace if you were. So it's a beyond school problem. It's a society wide problem. Sure. But it's in, just in, in schools, and that's where it starts. Yeah, I mean, I would say that in the United States, we've moved like there's been a shift 
from postmodernism to critical theory. Okay. Like it's its own worldview. Um, and I and I feel like that is like we've moved into critical theory. All the things throughout the years that Christians have been mad about for with public school. Uh-huh. Do you think all of those things have been bad? Taking using prayer and reading scripture mm-hmm. as an example, I think that was more emblematic of what was already beginning to go on in our larger society. Okay. And so I don't think that removing prayer and reading of scripture in schools in a vacuum shifted everything. Even our founding fathers believed that religion offered a moral compass to having uh, for our for the sake of our the way we have set up our country. Mm-hmm. And so like even someone like Benjamin Franklin he was not a believer, but he even believed that religion, and when he would say religion, Christianity, that it had the moral fabric in it to to help give society at large a, a, a moral compass. Okay. And I do feel like the moral compass has been lost. And I don't think that's just because of prayer and reading scripture being taken out of school. Um, okay. And so, because that's not the school's, it's not the school's responsibility. Like, so if I'm a Christian and mm-hmm. I want my kids to continue in the faith, that's not, it's, I'm not expecting the school to, to give that to my kids. Yes. Like, that's my responsibility as a parent, okay. right? To pass that along to my kids, both at the, both at house, at church, like that's, but that's my responsibility. My wife's and I responsibility to pass that along, our faith along to our children. School should be a neutral place. Yes. Okay. As much as possible. And I realize that's hard Yeah. because every teacher is going to have a bent yeah. and a thought. And so, I, and that's why I'm saying, I'm not even saying we can't have conversations. Just mm-hmm. have fair conversations. But, but what I'm gathering is that your problem is when, is anything that, that is tell. Anything at school that is telling your child that what you're teaching them at home, their religion is wrong. Yeah, or their ideology. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because not every family is sending their child to school with a religion. Right. But every one of us have a way of viewing the world, an ideology we hold to. To, you know, if I'm in the LGBTQ community, and do you, would you want to send your child to a school that's attacking that all the time? No, no, and they shouldn't have to, right? right? They shouldn't have to be attacked. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. Okay, like kids should be. There's completely a way to be with kids, and I know it's a long chunk of time during the course of the day. So critical theory attacks your kids. I, I okay. Critical theory. I would view that as an attack mm-hmm. on not just. Christian kids, but just kids in general. Okay. But I would also view any religious extremism as an attack too, or even a religious like fundamentalism in the sense of like, you know, like again, if if you're a family that holds to, or the, you're in the LGBTQ community, you're sending your kids there. You don't want them to be attacked, right? They wouldn't feel attacked by critical theory, but they would uh, they would feel attacked if there was religion being pushed on them or not even just religion let's just remove religion from the equation if you just had someone just going well absolutely biologically that's just not so 
da 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 right? Then I think for me, like, kids should be able to go to school and it really be a safe place. Mm-hmm. And there is a way to be at school for the whole length of time you're at school without these agendas being pushed from uh, from 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 any of these sides. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I, I know maybe I'm living in a fairy tale world. I don't know. But I do think there's a way to teach math and science and history and being honest about all those things without having to without having to impress upon children an ideology or religion that would be rejected by them at home you know okay and so i i do think there's a way there's a way forward in public schools for that to happen although i am if i'm being frank i'm i am concerned just because of who's leading in our Department of Education right now and the leanings they hold, mm-hmm. which very much align themselves with critical theory. And okay. so that that's what gives me grave concern for the public school system now and going into the future. Well, my brave new world awaits. We must end <laughs> this episode. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait for yeah. you to go to discover your brave new world. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun. Woo! It's yeah. gonna be awesome. It's amazing. Wow. Uh well, this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast and X and Locals at When I Heard This. Patreon five dollars. Tell your friends about the show. Uh emphasis on the subscribe. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinsoff, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at Rev Joe T. This has been the When I Heard This Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye.